Welcome to the Life's a Pitch podcast, the show where we pitch the best movies that will never get made. I'm Tom McGrath. And I'm Matt Turner. This is the podcast where we ask you, the listener, to give us a title of a movie that doesn't exist. Yet. We then collaborate to create a pitch for that movie, complete with casting, story beats, and sometimes even marketing. Without further ado, this week's main feature is... No Country for Old Muppets. <laughs> I see. The problem here is that what your listeners want us to do is to recite the story of an existing film, but yep. make one of them Kermit. We ain't doing no. it. We ain't, we doing, ain't it. doing it. No, <laughs> no. Oh, but no, sorry. Beg pardon. They don't. They want to make everyone Muppets and one actor not a Muppet. They they might well do, Dave, but um, we can we'll figure out what we're going to be doing later. But I bet it isn't that. It's not yeah. that. For, for those so of you, doing... for those of you wanting that with No Country for Old Muppets, it's definitely Javier Bardem who's the human in it. Let's move on. Um... <laughs> we're doing Muppet movies this week. We've been contracted in in in, in like. In the fiction of the Life of Pitch podcast, we've been contracted <laughs> to uh, to help out the Henson Company figure out some uh, uh, so, some new uh, titles for the for the Muppets to, to to come into. What it is is that Disney Plus now have the Muppets basically, and they're trying to figure out what to do with it. They've just released the Muppet Show on there. Yeah. Now they're like, we're gonna have to make some new Muppet movies. But what? But what? But what? We need some ideas. So Life of Pitch has been contracted to go in with those ideas pitch a few and maybe take over the contract for the Muppet show entirely like we could be the new Hensons yeah why yeah. not why not and, and I'm I'm so thankful you were cc'd into that email we received from Disney plus uh, Dave mm. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah well it's that's because of my my position on a podcast that rips the piss out of them all the time <laughs> um, they they've decided that they should get in touch uh, get me involved and uh, and I've got you involved. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very generous of me because it was going to be that I was literally just going to be the new Jim Henson in control of the Muppets and that was that. And like, listen, honestly, I kind of think I'd be quite good at that. Yeah. But... They, saw, they saw the beard and they were like, yep, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> they saw the lockdown hair and beard and went, he just now resembles Jim Henson. Let that, <laughs> therefore, he should run the Muppets because no one else looks like that in this day and age. Um, and so <laughs> that's uh, and the, which was my goal all along. I've been letting it all grow in order to take over the Muppets franchise, and, and now that's what I'm doing. So, frankly, I, I don't need to bring you guys in at all, but I just find you useful as consultants. We we develop ideas quite well together, I think. So you're yeah. on board, Dave's show this week. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Boomer, everybody, the uh, the head of the Lives of Pitch, um, uh, <laughs> CEO of Lives of Pitch Enterprises. What I've done is with my with my newfound power from Disney Plus, I've aggressively purchased Lives of Pitch. Yeah, um, and it's now I'm now folding it into uh, my holdings. <laughs> and uh, frankly, I'm thinking of shutting the studio down. Why? You know, why not? I wouldn't. That wouldn't negatively affect anyone or me. Be a massive bastard. <laughs> no, we we understand we're on thin ice here at Life to Pitch, <laughs> so we're going to be doing our best to uh, to profit, to create profit, some... profit, profit, profit. That's all that counts. It's all that matters. So yep. I will be yes. looking at your Patreon numbers. I will be looking at the films that you make, how much they earn, and uh, depending on that. I'll decide on whether or not to simply kick you all to the curb. 
<laughs> Listeners, Dave, 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 Dave can't hear me with this one, but you've you've got to you've got to go over to patreon.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast. You've got to sign up at, at least the one dollar tier to get a, a, a you you get a vote in, Matt in can't the genre. Hear me as I say this, but I agree with everything Matt's saying because uh, it's all about the bottom line. And uh, so yeah, that'll make me a lot of money for for my company, uh, Dave Bulmer, subsidiary of Disney Plus. So yes. So so joining us this week is Dave Bulmer. Welcome to the show, Dave. Surprise! It's me! <laughs> I don't know where you're going to start this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the, strong, the strongest move of coming onto the podcast as a guest <laughs> and going, I run this show, I'm shutting it down. <laughs> like, I'm ending this podcast like, as of now. In the fiction of the show, just going, <laughs> I'm taking control. <laughs> Before an introduction, before an introduction is done, Uh, and it's all staying in. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Welcome back to the show, Dave. Hello. I suppose it is. Um, And uh, we're going to do some Muppet movies this week. Why are there so many films about Muppets? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just part of what Muppets are. Yeah, well, I, we should really, yeah, we should really find out what's on the other side of that mystery. Mm. Well, it's time to play the music. It's time to yeah. light the lights. It's time to yeah. pitch the movies on the Life's a Pitch show tonight. Oh no, you were so close, then it didn't scan. I was. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, but we're going to do some honourable mentions uh, right you now. Just so- said on Life's a Pitch tonight, and that would have been okay. Yeah, I guess. So this is just the part of the show where we go through some honourable mentions, uh, read out some more titles people have given us, and pitch what those movies would be before we move on to the main feature pitch of No Country for Old Muppets, given to us by Matthew Presley on Facebook. Um, So, from Phil Walters, we've got The Island of Dr. Honeydew. (laughs) The Island of Dr. Honeydew. Yeah. Now, this uh, this sounds very much like a... uh, like a take on the H.G. Wells novel and the... Is it mm. Werner Herzog movie of the same name? How is uh, it? I don't know. The uh, Island of Dr. Moreau. Mm. Where... Uh, mm. It's something to do with, like, animals and that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably one of H.G. Wells' worst stories. Ah. Um, where a man ends up on an island and, and there's a doctor there who's sewing bits of animals to... to create a monster um, right well cr- create just just go mad with science uh, which right. is what quite a lot of hg <laughs> wells's novels were like it's like mm. you've it's got just, an island you've got some science go mad yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah yeah it's like oh this man's invisible look at what we can do with science um <laughs> isn't it wild yeah isn't it isn't it mad um so, Doctor Doctor Honeydew is obviously Doctor Bunsen Honeydew from the Muppets. Uh, <laughs> works works, works with with Beaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe it's about how did he create Beaker and out of what? Because <laughs> what's Beaker like? A lot of the Muppets, you can tell what they are. You can yeah. tell what species they're meant to be, and like, like, and and when it like. So, you know, you've got your obvious ones. You've got Kermit the Frog. You've got Miss Piggy. Bunsen himself probably meant to just be a bloke, right? But a Muppet sort of bloke. 
Or a like, garden pea, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Beaker, though, I don't accept that as a human being. I think it's that a... is a creation, and I don't, I don't know what it would have been created of, but whatever he is, what is that noise that he makes? Why does he do that? What? It, it, okay. What is he? Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of he's got to be a kind of Frankenstein. If, if we if we're going yeah. with the sort of like Islander Doctor Moreau sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? Where like mm-hmm. um, a bunch of a bunch of animals in that case were 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 sewn together. Muppets are literally sewn together. Here we go. Here Wait. we go. Did Bunsen Honeydew create the Muppets on his <laughs> island? <laughs> he's yes! the original one. And the reason why he's a little garden pea fella, the reason he's made of felt as well, is that like he did some experimenting on himself. He's yeah. one of the early... Exper- every, every mad scientist worth his salt does some experiments on himself. And th- yeah, so he's figured out how to create life out of bits and bobs and stuff and felt and stuff. And he's made them all. He's, he's so- reverse engineered an, an almost natural... An accident hmm. transformed a frog into uh, uh, into Kermit. Mm. And that was the first spark that made him start experimenting and trying to create others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, a, a simple frog was out on a log, you know, out in the out in the swamp, and then just a terrible accident occurred and <laughs> and, and transformed uh, transformed Kermit into felt. And Doctor he- Honeydew was like I've got to I've got to replicate this these findings. Mm. This is very good because in my little bit of finding out a minute ago with googling what the island of dr moreau was about it is apparently the first example in science fiction of the concept of uplift where a scientist takes an animal and makes them intelligent um Ah. i don't know if that's exactly what he does if he's making them intelligent but anyway it's apparently the first example of that so that that's put that exactly if kermit the frog in some accident went from being a normal frog to kermit the frog definitely the world's most intelligent certainly most successful frog um, financially best speaking, yeah, yeah. Um, best at playing a banjo, all of that. Yeah. Then um, light entertainment Ooh. is his skill. He, he's one I... of those old-fashioned <laughs> presenters who's lots of skills. Maybe I could make a banjo playing pig as well. He says. <laughs> um, That's his aim. Doctor Honeydew is like obsessing over the fact that this frog had light entertainment skills, and he's yeah. like. Well, maybe if I if I try really hard, I could make a, a a weird guy who plays the drums. <laughs> well, he's always aiming for a banjo player. That's what he wants yeah. every time. Because he was he hasn't noticed all the other stuff about Kermit. He hasn't even noticed. It's like he can talk, he can sing, yeah. he can th- philosophize, he can do also he can educate, uh, he can do all sorts of stuff. He teach people the alphabet, um, but. He could be a TV news reporter. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff he can do. <laughs> he can ride but a it's bike. the banjo playing. Yeah. But particularly, that's what Bunsen... So he's <laughs> from then on, he's been trying to replicate the miracle that gave this frog the ability to play the banjo. But, as we know, I can't think of any other banjo playing specifically Muppet, right? So that suggests that his other experiments never succeeded in getting a Muppet to play the banjo. But... He isn't. He's blind to all the other things Muppets can do. He doesn't realise he's created this land of miracles with all of these incredible individuals who have different yeah. skills and abilities and who we care about as individuals. He's only looking for the banjo skills and he never quite hits it. That's why there's a whole band. He, he gets so close over and over again. He's ended up with a guitar player. He's ended up with a drummer. He's ended up with a sax player. All yeah. this, but he can't make another banjo player. 
and and he doesn't realize how <laughs> great the other stuff he's created is. Maybe that's it. Maybe we we star. Okay, so uh, an investigative reporter mm. um, uh, called Dr. Brian Keir, right? Um, uh, he um, he will be. Um, Mr. B. Kier, um, okay, got will, it. Got it. Uh, Finally got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Carry on. Got will, it. You look so uh, confused there, Dave. Okay, so, um, so B. Kier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we'll call him B. Kier then, all right? He's all right. <laughs> Actually, that is a name, Brian. isn't it? There are people whose second name is Kerr. K E R. Yeah. Brian, okay, so Brian B. Kerr. Kerr. He's an investigative reporter, yeah. and he, he he infiltrates the island. You know, there's a whole thing where he sort of, you know, he parachutes in mm. because you know the, uh, they don't want to give the game away. So yeah, he, he's like, that he, sort he of investigative reporter. Yeah, <laughs> he's the parachuting. He's the Mission Impossible style. He's the, he's, he's the April O'Neil of. Uh... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> love mysterious the islands. I love the fact that uh, Doctor Kerr parachutes in, and he, he's got just this this flat. He's not bit a doctor, of... <laughs> isn't he? I thought you said Doctor no, Doctor Kerr. No, he's just he's just Mister. He's just a Mr. Oh, right. He's a reporter. You don't get to well, be a you well, don't get a doctorate be, to be a reporter. Well, B. Kerr drops uh, drops in on a parachute, and when he when he's on the plane, he's just got this this flat red hair. Like he's just he's very, very well styled, and then when he's parachuting in, it just goes up like uh, like a funnel. Yeah. Um, Rupert Grint is playing uh, <laughs> yeah. Brian Kerr. Who's who's playing uh, Honeydew before the accident? Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> before he's experimented. Oh, well, I think we get there, and he's already halfway experimented on himself. Like yeah. I think we have a oh. a big reveal where. Like, oh, so it's revealed. So have... we're actually from B. Kerr's perspective. He's our yeah, yeah, main yeah. character, and he's in search of Doctor Honeydew. And yeah. when Honeydew yes. turns round, he's this this thing. Yes, there are these video screens all around the island where, like, a human face, like. Um, who is yeah? We we do have to figure out the who who's playing him. Sam Neil. Sam Sam Neil. <laughs> Sam Neil uh, is in profile, right? And he's and he's making all these announcements in profile, like like it's the old days, like of, of broadcasting sort of thing. Right? What like, when everyone was seen from the side before yeah. they invented no, ca- no, head-on like, cameras? But like, so it, it's, I'm thinking of like Hitchcock, that okay. sort of thing. Mm. Certainly, like, Hitchcock you know, sort of, did do that. You're right. I don't know if that like, was an olden days thing. I don't. I just I, I conflate olden days with Hitchcock, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We see him from profile, and he's got a microphone in front of him, right? And yep. it's, it's in fact, I think there's a there's a there's a, a shot like this in at the start of the Warriors. Oh. Um. There's like a a whole voiceover radio person. Oh yeah. Um. Oh yeah. On radio. On radio, you only ever saw the one side of their head. Mm. That's definitely true. And these days, of course, only the audio from radio re- remains, so we don't get to see any of the side of the head well, footage. Well, the, the thing is, once they made it into stereo, you could see from both sides of their head, exactly. and therefore you could see the, the front. Yeah. It's, it's just a shot of lips moving to a microphone. And because... Uh, it's not because um, and uh, Honeydew, Dr. Honeydew, is making all these announcements over the, over the, over the speakers... Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the side of his face, and then at some point, we, like he'll turn around in a chair, and it'll be clear that half of his face is sewn up with felt. Yeah. Um, and then the only, only the corner that we had seen previously was uh, was was Sam Neil. Yeah. Um, 
it's a bit of a horror, really. Uh, yeah, of in course most, it is. most respects. Of course it um, is. And uh, yeah, I think. Um, <clears throat> I think I think like that's basically it, right? Is the the, the idea that he gets caught and uh, and Sam Neil like, explains his his you know evil plan to him, obviously, and uh, and Beaker is because so, at first Beaker can like even though he recognizes that what's happening is terrible, he can be like try and get like, try and get him to confess everything by being like, oh, I'm doing a piece on how brilliant you are, you know, and. Yeah. Um, and he just finds this guy to be awful. He's just conceited. He only cares about his own brilliance, his own genius. And um, and in fact, <laughs> and in fact, as he's as as he's got Beaker in the chair, about to make in the in the dramatic climax where he's about to make him his latest experiment. Beaker <laughs> is listening to him do his monologue about how like ah, I'm going to do this. It'll in I will uplift all of the creatures of the world and I will populate the world with all this because of my genius. I'm so good. I'm so clever. And Beaker goes, oh, me, me, me. <laughs> and then he zaps just him with he, electric Just mayhem. as he zaps him. And, yeah. <laughs> gets, uh, and he gets buzzed. His hair's still stuck up and his eyes bulge out of his face. His nose gets massive. Me, me, and me, he, me, me, me. Yeah. <laughs> And his and his mouth is stuck in a in a constant worried expression. His mouth is, is that's terrifying. It's going to be really frightening to see a human mouth go from human to that. Go Distend, from Rupert. Yeah, Rint. there's there's two little little sort of uh, lines from the sides of the mm. mouth go like yeah, turn sliced into that, down. That kind of church organ pipe look thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's very much oh, a horror we... movie. Be on the uh, D- Disney yeah. Plus fourteen plus rating. Um, yeah, for that we'll have to put that on stars. Yeah, <laughs> star or whatever it's called. So, from all the webs of stage, a very very good podcast. You should uh, all be listening to it. Um, we've got a Muppet in Scotland Yard. Right. This is one of those that we could probably do. Muppets do a well known. Uh, a, a well-known story, right? Mm, but with yeah. one human person in it. And for me, I don't know about you guys. We can we can go back and forth on this, absolutely. But for me, the human in in a a Sherlock Holmes style story or a Sherlock Holmes story by rote would be Watson. I think. Yeah. Following around whoever we we've chosen to be, or presumably Kermit, right? Would be. I'm yeah. of two minds because on the one hand, yeah, your Watson is your is your point of view character in a sherlock holmes right and so mm. so you would have a pov character following around a muppet a muppet detective on the other hand it would also be really funny to have an incredibly competent sherlock holmes human <laughs> and everyone else in the world is muppets so this guy <laughs> is like trying to, trying to get on with his job of being a serious genius detective but yeah. his watson is like Fuzzy, waka waka, or, <laughs> yeah, or, some, or someone like that. Or if there's a particularly clumsy and stupid Muppet or something, that's his. That's his Watson. I don't know which way to go with this. Or maybe, I... maybe the only human is Moriarty, who's trying yeah. to be an arch villain, but everyone is Muppets. Oh, this is a tricky one. Because, because there's a few things. Because in my mind, it was Kermit was Sherlock Holmes and Watson was. 
Fozzie, mm. and Moriarty was the only human in it. Um, <laughs> you think it's a film purely with Muppets in, and then and then it turns out that the villain is uh, um, is a human. Is uh, who who would be a good Moriarty? Uh, uh, I think yeah, it's always the biggest character, isn't it? Thinking about it, right? Mm, it's mm. like. It doesn't always have to be the central character. Right, me, it's always uh, the biggest character. I just character. need to address something here, right? That whole thing, that whole thing of, like, you get everyone as Muppets, you get to keep one human actor, that is just from Muppets Christmas Carol and, I think, Muppets Treasure Island. All the other Muppet movies have loads of human guest stars. Yeah. Loads. That's the main character of a Muppet movie yeah. is that there's so yeah. many guests. So we can have... We can branch out a bit if we wanted to. Yeah, I think we're being guided towards a Sherlock Holmes-style story here, right? That's, yeah. That's... I think I think Scotland Yard is biggest known, despite it being actually the the, the head of the you know London metropolitan yeah the, it's kind the of actual like police of the base yeah London mm. Metropolitan Police or whatever. Um, it is best known worldwide for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, because they consult yeah. him because he's the best detective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, yeah, we, we, I, I do think we, the, the, the best thing here is going to come from the juxtaposition between either loads of Muppets and one, um, and and one human, or maybe we have two humans. Maybe we do a sort of like even. Oh, I tell you what. What? What if Mike Myers was both Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty? <laughs> In a kind I, of Doctor Evil way, I think we appro- we're approaching this a completely wrong way. I think we should invert it and have one Muppet, the rest are humans. <laughs> oh, wait a minute! So it's so, a it's a serious police drama, but yeah. the best detective in the world is like Gonzo it's, or something. Yeah, it's it's Gonzo and Rizzo. Uh, yeah, Holmes and Watson. Right, that's that, that's it. Like. Um, we've got this police chief that's like that's just seen uh, that's just on the on the set of a murder, um, and then it's like, oh, this one, this one is beyond me. We're gonna have to go to the top brass, and then they they approach, <laughs> uh, they approach Holmes's Holmes's house, and then in a in a chair swings round Gonzo or or Kermit the Frog. <laughs> so, Hello, and. No, it should be a it should be an inherently silly Muppet who it'd be funny if they were the best detective they've got. So it can't be Kermit; he's too competent, right? I also think it, since since on this show we say but we don't often do that we also are, are talking about marketing campaigns mm. and stuff. The marketing campaign for this never lets on there's a Muppet. In. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. It's just it's like it's like the way that they advertise um, uh, Line of Duty. It's like yeah. that. It's like a cop drama type stuff. And then, uh, and then, could this even be? Maybe this is even the next series of Line of Duty. <laughs> so you've got the cast of that being all like overblown, stupidly serious about every stupid thing, yeah. and it's all gritty and it's all angry. I've only seen the first series of Line of Duty. I don't know. It's all like, <laughs> and then. I don't know, Gonzo is involved I, somewhere. <laughs> I, I think we're approaching the Muppet choice because I think Miss Piggy would be great. Uh, not as Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes, but just as a detective. Uh, she would. This- now, the the only thing there, and I'm prepared to go down this route, but that she actually would be quite good. Mm. Like, that, that that changes it to where instead of... She's not one of the, the inherently silly Muppets who muck things up. 
she'd just be a really glam detective. Mm. So if she was doing detectiving, it'd be it'd be really cool. She'd be going around doing detectiving, but in a kind of conceited glam way. Well, well how I think about, be quite how about good. this, right? Like, how about we have a kind of um, you know whoever whichever muppet it is we choose to be the yeah. crime solver, they yeah. have at their disposal the resources of the rest of the Muppets that they know but are an overlooked yeah. portion of society. Right. right. It's like, I've got, they're like, oh yeah, I've got a contact. Yeah. And they go and contact <laughs> another Muppet. Yeah. So in order to prove themselves as a, as a, as a kind of like, as a detective, they are hitting up their contacts with Miss Piggy. Yeah. She's kicking down a door and interrogating someone. And then, you know, like... Yeah, she's the martial artist one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <isn't> she? <laughs> like, that's, that's where my thought went because I was just like, it's like, right. it's like Murder, She Wrote except if Angela Lansbury did karate chops uh, and, yeah. and was and, so... And shouted, hi! <laughs> so self-obsessed. Like, yeah. she was just, like, so crazy. Because, like, I, I went for Animal and I was like, oh, that'd be a bit boring. But there is, like, a sort of element of intelligence to Miss Piggy, but also, like, Kermit would be quite boring as that because he'd just be, like you said, like a competent yeah. person. Yeah, he'd just do it. Miss yeah. Piggy has that element of chaos, which yeah. would make it uh, make it the better the better option. I think. I think Animal is reserved to that person who's currently locked away that they go and consult. Right? Yeah. They go <laughs> and they, they're like, "Oh, you somewhere. don't want to go and talk. You you, you don't want to go and talk to him. He's a real. He's a right animal." Uh, like you've got you've got I don't know, Danny Dyer being like you do not want to go down there. So he's a right Danny Dyer's yeah. the chief of police. <laughs> yeah. Um, you really want to talk to him? Oh no. Uh, you, uh, you. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're gonna have to uh, search you for anything percussive. <laughs> right. That's to. what I like. The, there's the only reason to consult Animal is if you need some drumming done. <laughs> I don't know why you would need that for a case. Part of the one of the clues is that that someone's been drummed to death. They need an ex- they need an expert on on like it's a it's a it's a blunt force trauma, and they need mm. an expert on someone who knows just exactly how hard yeah. someone has to be hit to make a exactly certain noise. Because a witness yeah. a witness has yeah. heard a noise from X far away, and and mm. obviously our Sherlock Holmes is like. Uh, is so good that they're able to say, well, you wouldn't wouldn't have been able to hear that unless they were hit with exactly this much force. I need to figure out, I need to go and speak to the percussive expert. I've just had a very good idea that will elevate this series to the point where Disney Plus may in fact commission. (laughs) Okay. Right? I mean this in real sincere life, right? New concepts, very similar to the previous concept, yep. right? We've been floundering around, we've been trying to guess what Muppet, figure out what Muppet we should use. Here's the concept. It is a TV series. In the TV series, it's about this one gritty, realistic police um, precinct or, or whatever, right, station. And every week they consult their top detective. That top detective is is always the same character, but each episode it's a different Muppet. <laughs> so every episode they're like, oh, we need to get our best detective on this. Mm. Detective and they'll have a name. And it'll be the same name every time. But just for no reason, 
Every episode, it's a different Muppet, and they have the different skills of that Muppet each episode. <laughs> Bang! There you go. There's need, your series. That would be a really good series. We need, we need, we need a, a real, a real hardy and, and well seasoned pair uh, uh, detective for this one. We've got a, we've got a, uh, a, a couple of partners. One's a real uh, edgy, uh, edgy, gritty guy with uh, who, who doesn't take no shit. And the other's a real hard, edgy, gritty guy who doesn't take no shit. Get in Statler and Waldorf on this one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That'd be great. There'll be an episode where it's uh, Pepe the King Prawn. Brilliant. That'd be great. Do you yes. know what I mean? You can yes. just bring in a different Muppet every time. The Swedish Chef episode would be brilliant. <laughs> just goes, that's just a mainly action scene where he goes around the and episode just smashing where- things. The episode where it's that guy who all he does is chuck fish at people. Did <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> someone die in here? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, some of the riders definitely died in here. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's good. I like that. I like yeah, that very much. Right. And Wouldn't I tell that you be what, honestly good? <laughs> I'm extra glad we stayed away from the plot of the Happy Time murders. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> It's definitely uh, definitely close to the close to the mark there with that one. Um, <laughs> so those were our honourable Muppet mentions. Thank you to everyone who's given us titles this week. Remember, if you want to give us a title for a film, you want to see us pitch, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast, or on our Twitter page, we are at Life's a Pitch Show on Twitter as well. So now we move on to our final major Muppet movie, which is mm. No Country for Old Muppets, given to us by Matthew oh. Presley. Thank you, Matthew, for that title. So I'm, I'm sure what people might want here is... This is exactly what I was is, about to is, say. ...is a Muppet version of No mm. Country for Old Men. Yeah, that's, where we just recite what it is. That's not going to happen, because no. No. the title... Because normally I would, I would feel constrained by that, except mm. if you take the title No Country for Old Muppets at face mm-hmm. value, you end up with yeah. quite a bittersweet idea of old oh, threadbare wow. shelved oh. Muppets. Oh. Ones that haven't been in it since the Salmon Friends days. Mm. Y- yeah. Like, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be, it doesn't even have to be like well-known Muppets. It could be no, uh, when Jim Henson was practicing, you know, like it can be oh. a theater show. It can be a puppet show like that was mm. out on the street before the Muppet show got started. It can just be mm. these old puppets who we even pull back the veil and say like, yeah, we used to be puppeteered and now we are lifeless. We, they can still sort of go around, but it's, yes. it's there's no showmanship in it. There's no joy or, 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 or you know, yeah. ability to it. And so what they've, what they've been doing, there can be uh, at least one of them can have been adding on to themselves to try and recreate what's missing. Because these puppets used to, they thrived when there was a guy below them who was operating them. So they have been like, and they know they're missing that, but they don't quite understand it, they don't fully comprehend it because the Muppets never really did. Yeah. So they've been building a thing to go under them because they think that's what they're missing just a, a thing under them and they've made this construct they've made this 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 revolting carcass <laughs> thing out of meat because they're aware that there was something what the quality that they're aware that the, the thing under them had they call it being is something lifted that up. they see 
Yeah, uplifted. And they, but they've they've identified that they're, they're they've been looking for the qualities that the thing under them had, and it isn't felt like they are, and it isn't wood, and it isn't stone. It's only there in meat and stuff like that, and like things that are fleshy and can rot. So they've been building this homunculus underneath them. Yes, yes. And that's that's where they're found. They're discovered, decrepit and dragging themselves around. You know, holding up. They've got all these in their warehouse. They've got all these ropes hanging down from the ceiling so they can like drag themselves around. Handrails everywhere with this meat thing dangling I, underneath I them. love this setting. I really love this setting. And I think we need to have someone move into this old theatre. <laughs> it, yes. it's, it's almost like a Five Nights at Freddy's, but not like... Yes, not, exactly. But not like these are murderous puppets, right? These want to no. be like... I'm, I'm, I don't know, maybe, maybe we do, but like I'm thinking like this is a kind of getting to work like we are a thing we've just moved into this theater wanting to put on our little shows and then we meet these puppets and they are we discover in the storage in the storage cupboard we discover these things and like yeah we there's a okay so there's a number of responses the muppets could have to meeting these new performers Mm. right so they could try and befriend them they could try and get on their arms which is like, that is in itself kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what they're actually doing. Or, or one of them, if there's a particularly unhinged one, could recognise that these people are the perfect source of the stuff that they need to cre- to craft the thing they want to have under them. I, and that would involve killing the person and, and putting them I, there. I quite, like, going back to the sort of original concept of this... I think, but, mm. and, and going sort of with the uh, with the concept of most Muppet movies, um, and especially the sort of reboot, just the Muppets, where people have almost mm. forgotten the Muppets ever did a show. It's mm. not like old mm. Muppets that weren't used. This is the Muppets that have just been left in the Muppet theatre, and it's just like over time they've just like right. vanished from from popular culture. So no one knows right. who they are or what they did or or anything like that. So the people moving in, right? The people moving in, mm. I think, in order to go thematically with this, should be and and and, and Hollywood's going to love this. It's going to be a movie director who has been ousted from the from the Hollywood big bucks because they didn't make you know uh, Michael Bay stuff. They made like. They made like artsy or like interesting stuff, and they they didn't want him anymore. They didn't want them anymore. Whoever it is. The funny thing is, mm-hmm. I was like, because I was sort of going with like a Casper kind of vibe. I was gonna cast Florence Pugh, but now you've said that Zach Braff is a movie director that just directs terrible art indie movies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking in a, in, a, in a kind of um, you know what it is. It's the puppeteer from being John Malkovich, like oh, um, it's John Cusack. Like what I'm saying is the, the the kind of character we're talking about is an outsider who is who uh, wants to provide like that kind of like that sort of puppet show, right? Like that that um, that's uh, one to one almost theatre. 
or, or kind of like artistic impression, but has been kicked out because of big budget Hollywood sort of uh, stuff. So I quite like the idea of, of John Cusack then, in that case. John Cusack. John Cusack. John Cusack and his daughter Florence Pugh move in. Sure. It's, yes. It's very much the, the, the Casper kind of dynamic. Uh, of <laughs> he's moving into this new house. Um... And uh, and there's a, there's a missing parent there, um, and uh, a new house that is also a theatre, an old theatre that they're converting into a new house, right? Because <laughs> because yeah. the dad's a bit eccentric, uh, he he's like uh, he, he's just seen this theatre and has gone like, this would be great for a family home. Um, we could uh, we could redecorate it and and sort of have have stuff moved around to to make living space and everything like that for a rich person. So, like, what tone do we want to have to this movie? Because actually, if we were to have, (laughs) like, if we were to want that kind of spooky, but also, like, childlike thing, right, Mm. we could even have someone younger than Florence Pugh, a child who is... Like getting to know like the the this theater of lost toys as it were like forgotten forgotten toys um, and then and then it's sort of yeah. like we have that kind of like unsettling meat thing that Dave was talking about earlier. Where it's like, <laughs> this is like it's, yeah. it's kind of like but we don't we don't present it as like this maggot crawling infested thing. We just <laughs> present it as a sort of like dark side like what could happen. So the ones who the ones who have or the one who has been obsessed with having someone um so there's there's one muppet who has become obsessed with having with being uplifted right um uh, yeah. which is what they call it which is but the, what they call being puppeteered mm-hmm. and mm. this mm-hmm. muppet has got obsessed so obsessed that a they've started piling meat up underneath themselves so it's disgusting <laughs> and weird and they're the villain right they're the villain, therefore they're allowed to be creepier. Um, and secondly, he's the one who also wants to kill these humans to get more of that, right? Like, because yeah. that obsession's carried them. It's like a weird mixture of, like, House of Wax or something and Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where, like, someone, I just want to be played with one last time. That's why I'm yeah. gonna kill this human. <laughs> this is gonna be a tricky one to resolve because audiences are not gonna respond well to <laughs> defeating Muppets. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know how well, we're gonna I, resolve I, this I problem. I think here. sort of the midway point. It it turns from um because it we start off with just like horror film where they turn up at the at the theater and there's a lot of weird shit yeah. going on like uh Kermit the Frog skittering like, around in the uh, yeah. in, in in the eaves and stuff and in the balconies yeah. yeah and and we see Kermit's Kermit's head sort of move like as as they're as <laughs> watching Florence Pugh walk walk down um Road, there's there's, then... there's haunting ghostly la- horse laughter uh, <laughs> from from the balconies every now and again every time if, every time something goes wrong like mm. a uh, a chandelier <laughs> falls down while dad's uh, uh, <laughs> while John John Cusack is fixing it and then you hear, 
in, in the background. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, and there's like shadows up in up in the uh, what's it? The, the bo- box. In the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the side boxes. And and of course, John Cusack is is, is saying to what, what, whoever we were, we're casting as as like the this kid. Um, mm. Hey, don't go back there. That's the old props workshop, and I haven't like fixed it. It's all run down. Mm. There's there's like building code regulations that's broke. It's dangerous back there, yeah. right? Like that <laughs> they've he's been warned off that area because it's structurally unsound. So mm. he's like, don't go yeah. back there. Whatever you do, and, and so now we have this smell. kind of like. <laughs> now we have this kind of backstage area that is almost like the the the, the magic portal, right? We have mm. that kind of yeah. um, you don't go through there, and when she eventually does go through there, she's in this kind of like a little bit like Sid's toys from uh, from Toy Story, you know, that kind of like mismatched, broken down, but generally mm. quite nice toys. Um, that like that, that she's t- scared of and then there's this um, one maybe it's like an older version of like the Count or something like you know sort of like <laughs> an evil an evil Muppet um, who is oh I know a good one for this because everyone knows that in the first season of Sesame Street Oscar the Grouch was orange <gasps> so mm. orange Oscar the Grouch yes. is, a, is a good recognisable one for this and, and, and also he's got lots of space in that bin to put me. <laughs> mm. I might have an idea how actually how we can resolve this without mm. without bumping into the problem of how inherently uncomfortable it would be to make Muppets <laughs> be the bad guys. Mm. About you know last act of the film, mm. we bring in the Muppets. Yeah, the Muppets have to be called on to help this to help sort this out. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, like we we could we could easily make only one of the Muppets be bad. And yeah. the rest of them be misunderstood and nice, so that the, oh, so Muppets, the other Muppets can solve Muppet problems. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, like for instance, so half this is this is my thought. I've had a set piece in my head for a little while. I've got to get it out. Okay, go on. Um, Oscar the Orange Grouch, right? Yeah. Orange, Orange the Grouch, um, has has like there is a room that they that they walk into, and Oscar's got this plan to capture the humans. Right, mm-hmm. so that he can use them to uplift himself. So he's set up strings all across a room, and he mm. basically like strings them up like puppets, so they're hanging like helpless, and they're like yeah. like hanging in the middle of there. And he's and he's gonna kill them, right? Orange, the, yeah. Oscar the Orange Grouch, and that's when the Muppets are like, "We have to uplift ourselves. We have the power to do this." <laughs> like, um, it's time we, to let's play the music. It's time to stop the grouchy in the rafters tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, yeah, I, I think like we we can do little set pieces where like they're suspend. They haven't got much strength, but they're kind of suspending themselves from various bits or catching onto onto hooks and wires and things like that, mm. and uh, pulling switches to move the move the theater around and stuff, and um, to to stop him. I also really like the idea that John Cusack has spent way too much money on this theatre, like doing it up <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. and uh, and sort of at the midway point, it then becomes a show about the Muppets putting on a show to raise money to get the theatre brought back <laughs> to, uh, 
to what it used to be. We do, we do at some point cut away to the Muppets raising money for a theatre that isn't doing very well. Yeah. In, in a weird middle bit where like, we cut away to the successful, to the now successful Muppets who aren't these guys who are in the theatre. It's a different version of, it's a different version of, of, of Kermit. It's a different version of like the Sesame Street, yeah. like the old, these old prototypes. Well, because, because now, because now the Muppets that they use for the Muppets are these like, like I think less appealing, really well made mm, ones. Yeah. Whereas they did used to look like sort of slightly raggedy puppets. Yes, yeah. So like the ones we've got used to in this film are like you know more so. Then we play that up, right? Mm. They've got stitches mm. and they've got like you know that sort of thing. And then yeah. you cut to outside where Kermit the Frog and Fuzzy Bear are doing a bit to camera about how this old landmark, uh, mm. you know, needs to be saved from demolition or whatever. Yeah. And then <laughs> and uh, it's just almost disjointed because the lighting's really good and they're really well made. And it's like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> always uncanny valley now that we've been watching a whole movie full of broken puppets. <laughs> It's like we need to uh, raise money to uh, to get to get more, to get uh, to get this theater back into its former glory. We need to uh, fix a lot of structural work and get rid of a big pile of meat that's out there. And uh, <laughs> <they're awesome. laughs> I really like the idea that the meat pile is not resolved. It's it's just <laughs> like. We see all this meat being dragged off in this horror film fashion, and it never really gets answered <laughs> as to what that one, what that meat is, and two, why, uh, <laughs> why there's a load of well, meat under the under the stage. It's, it's clear Oscar's been yeah, digging have... it out of the bins of the butchers. <laughs> yeah, all all this stuff is left to the audience to figure out over years of discussion mm. of the film. Yeah, yeah. it's now, all subtext. Just just out the back, you can in, in the corner of one shot, you can see that it's a butcher's out back, yeah. uh, and they share an alleyway behind it. Mm. And mm. so Oscar, obviously, who lives in bins, is uh, mm. or sorry, orange Oscar um, is uh, or this one in this case, it's blood red Oscar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, been... he's been getting redder the more meat he consumes. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how that's how he's creating the, the homunculus. <laughs> he eats the meat and sort of like pushes it through and it comes out that is his big hole at the end and it adds to the meat puppet. And I think I think like we, we, we can even do a thing where like you know how he's strung up the, the humans on these puppet strings? He's kind yeah. of done the same with himself. So that the point where, mm. like, he comes out of this bin, right? And because he's on, on a wire, he pulls up and up and up and up and up and up mm. and up and keeps going with this trail of meat behind him, like, the coming out of, of the, the bin. This column yeah. that just follows him as he goes up. And he's, like, he's going up like um uh, like Jafar when he's a genie, right? He's, like, w wobbling around, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> and at the bottom, Big Bird's legs... <laughs> Big Bird's legs just flop out the bottom of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrifying. This this whole film. Yes. Is why is it called No Country for Old Muppets? <laughs> Honestly, it could it could just be called Old Muppets, couldn't it? Yeah, just Old Muppets. <laughs> Here's, here's my pitch for the ending, right? Yeah. Okay. Evil Oscar 
has has used is, is is kind of puppeteering. There's a little bit of magic to it. Is kind of puppeteering the humans to invite people into the theater for this almost Five Nights at Freddy's experience, right? This this scary haunted theater sort of experience where they'll be chopped, like taken, and, and Oscar wants all the people to come in, right? He's going to capture them because he's a generic bad guy who wants to capture the humans. Mm-hmm. While this is going on, um, we we said Florence Pugh at the start, but I'm just, we, just child, child yeah, person yeah. Um, <laughs> is going to um, uh, like <laughs> manages to get let down by like get, gets freed by one of the Muppets. Mm. Um, we'll say Kermit because why not? Old yeah. Kermit with one eye, um, and um, goes on to using one of the boxes. At the, at one of the boxes in, in the theater put on a little puppet show with lights and then you've got some you've got someone else like hanging off the spotlight and doing putting it up there and stuff um and puts on a little show and oscar is so dazzled by the memory of this old style puppet show that that like the the rest of the muppets are able to stop him because because of the magic of this little show that that, she, that she's putting on, um, and uh, yeah, they, they manage to knock over the bin, and it's just all sort of <laughs> spills out, and he all flops the meat to the ground. Flops out. And then the butcher's next door is like, "Hey, that's a where well, my meat went." Um, and he Bob starts Hoskins. piling it back into uh, <laughs> to the butchers. <laughs> the meat just starts to crawl home to the Oscar's like no no this isn't where I want to go the ironic ending is that Oscar is being puppeted by the meat and he doesn't want to be anymore do you want uh, do, do, do you want to buy the uh, Muppet to meet uh? so yeah that's that's another character we can throw in the movie the, the Italian butcher next door <laughs> the hey! suspect Italian butcher yeah, where's my Amita gone? Ah, there it is. It's crawling across the alleyway. Back in the fridge, you stinking meat. I'm starting to think that the Italian butcher may himself be a Muppet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the Swedish chef, yeah, the Italian butcher. suspiciously Muppety to me. He's, he's, he's yeah. furious that his, that his cousin, the Swedish chef, gets, gets all the accolades. <laughs> The Italian butcher. He's just from a whole family of people who cook food and are from. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I guess. I guess that's no country for old muppets. Yes. Yeah, it is. How unpleasant. Yes. How, how very unpleasant. unpleasant. Yeah. You. You. You helped with this, Dave. You yeah. can't say how unpleasant. I mean, I, honestly, I think I was the main driving force in the unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly what we expect of our CEO. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot I own you now and I'm closing the podcast. Uh, <laughs> doesn't generate a certain amount of revenue. So get on the Patreon, everybody. Oh, oh, I've just got our ratings in. They're through the roof. <laughs> because we managed to pitch that movie. We're back in business, Matt. <laughs> They're through the roof like a column of Muppet meat from a garbage can. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, now yeah. in celebration you can sing the very first part of Rainbow Connection and then cut away to it to some other shenanigans. <laughs> Nonsense. 
Um, well, if you have enjoyed or at least been affected by uh, No Country for Old Muppets, <laughs> then uh, <laughs> then uh, we would encourage you uh, desperately, um, given yeah. the uh, given it's the very current, important the current threat from the higher ups um <laughs> that uh, to to share it with your friends immediately um uh, so that they can they too can help us uh, save the life to pitch show tonight because matt and tom have a dream that a, a matt and a tom could get together and entertain the public and uh Frankly, you know, if I'm going to pull funding, they're not going to be able to do that. So you're going to have to. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm not going to pull funding because I'm not funding anything. You are. That's you. That's true. All I'm doing is I'm allowing them to take that funding and make a podcast out of it, which I'm about to disallow if we don't hit a certain goal. I'm not going to say what that is. Um, but yeah, you need to uh, get yourself over to patreon.com forward slash life's a pitch podcast in order to uh, get a bunch of stuff, bunch of extra bonus features and things over there um, but uh, most importantly you'll be saving the, the the life's a pitch show from from corporate death yeah. um, and so yeah so head over there and uh, the of course um, a big part of, of that is that we read the the patrons names out every week because they provide us with at least there'll be something funny at the end <laughs> exactly <laughs> Exactly. Um, And so for that uh, great, the best joke in the uh, in the entire podcast, (laughs) we have to thank Brandon Spanky Mills stole my trench coat and called me a bisque. Mr. Bisque, we're getting reports of a crack team trying to stop you in the past. Jeremy L. Kayam, Stephen D. Thomas, fingers to hand. Pime Trimester, the time you later is detecting a second time warp and it's not us. James Delaney, Brames D. Tom Kayam. We can't stop the wusk heap born alone. We need a hero. We need Brent Black. Really? Him? But will he answer our call? 400 approacheth. All will rise. All will pull. Will pull. Your mysterious benefactor. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, fan, I'm a fan of that one. I like that one. <laughs> Joseph Hegarty. Pentvis come quickly. Paulvin is appearing all over the time screen. What do we do? Put some fungi in my poss- possum, daddy-o. Cancer Mansa, he can talk to crabs. Jimmy, you're right, the Bisque Vengers are coming along nicely, but we're too a bit too safe for work. We need Alex NSFW. Carl, not only are you immune to jumbling, but your bone marrow seems to reverse jumbulation. We have to harvest you. Nikki H. Cracking the digital mainframe? That doesn't mean anything, Davy. Why don't you just try a forgotten password request? Riley! Matt, here's a pitch. It's a podcast in which we pitch movie ideas at each other. Eden MW, Tom, by Jove, you've cracked it. Send it to the podcast printy press thing and get us on Spotify. <laughs> so that's that's everyone in the uh, in the patrons there. Thank you, everyone uh, who who supports the show and uh, and and you know prevents capitalism from taking us and, and and throwing us into the void. And thank you, Dave, for coming on the show. That's all right. <laughs> where can people find you they, they, they know uh, well, but, but they... you may as well go through yeah yeah this is the thing I mean yeah. come on we've got to go through the motions every time but you can find me on this podcast every couple of weeks but uh, <laughs> I've got my own podcast I've got two of them number one Sonic the comic the podcast it's about the Sonic com- 
Mick that came out in the UK in 1990s, three through about nine-ish. And it is a portal into what it was like to live in those times in the UK when Sonic was new and we didn't know about all that American nonsense yet. Um, that's one podcast. I do that with Chris McFeely from Transformers The Basics. You will like it. It's called Sonic the Comic, the podcast. And you will, if, if, if nothing else, if you're not interested in anything I've just said, surely you'll be interested at least in hearing about a completely alternate form of a thing that's famous that everybody knows about and this version almost nobody knows about and we're covering it in great detail it's like if you were to hear about salmon friends in great detail the early jim henson stuff you know it's mm. like that that's one thing uh, another thing serious disney which i do with jahan ranasing where we talk about disney plus and their shenanigans and what's going on with all of that and those remakes disney keep making and all of that sort of thing that's what that's all about they're basically both podcasts in which we reflect on remembering things from the past and the <laughs> past bit better than present in it the past a yeah, little bit yeah. so uh join us there out my podcasts serious disney and sonic the comic the podcast will simply teleport you into those times while you do the ironing washing up or walking around the block or whatever it is that you like to do with your time that is times when you can listen to things also i'm on twitter at demon tomato dave everything else is there go there all right thank you dave again um we end the show as we always do with the yes very clever award now this is something we usually give out to someone who's given us a title based around the existing title but seeing as most of the suggestions were that <laughs> i've had to find one specifically which uh which which was really clever in this uh, this one oh. and um it's from ross originals <laughs> to find an actually good one this time and, and, and you and you might and you might find that you realise why I've picked this. Um, okay. From Ross Originals, he's given us Muppet Treasure Planet. Yeah! <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? That because be it's based around a real uh, yeah. Muppet movie. <laughs> Muppet movie, yeah. yeah. The rest were Muppet movies. The, Ross has gone oh. to the second degree of Yes, Very Clever. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, I've been Tom McGrath. I've been Matt Turner. I've been Dave Bulmer. And remember... Who pitched it? <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like there should be more it. to that tagline. You know, it should be like, and remember, da 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 da, who pitched it? Yeah. But it isn't. <laughs> and remember, next week, the star of the show could be you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>